Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education, which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com and start boosting your betting bank immediately. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Winning Edge Weekly Racing Review Show. We're looking back at the feature races from the weekend and we're joined by our expert analysts from Winning Edge, Mark Roden from New South Wales Tips and Ratings and Cameron O'Brien from WA Tips and Ratings. How are you guys? Hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. Hi, Cam. Hope you're both well. Yeah, very well. We might kick things off with a quick recap of how the Winning Edge services fared over the past week and highlight some of the big winners from the weekend. Firstly, the two services provided by Dean Evans. It was another big week for Dean's tips with 22.9 units profit at 51% profit on turnover just for the last week alone, and that makes it now 85 units profit at over 20% profit on turnover since June, so it's been a huge couple of months for members. And Dean just continues to nail his big race days, and he did it again on Saturday with Murder Glace at $8 in the Caulfield Cup. And that now makes it four Group 1 winners at really nice odds he's found in the past couple of weeks. He also had Fierce Impact at $18 in the Turok Handicap. Kings with Dream in the Turnbull Stakes at $11. And he also sent out Colding as a futures bet at $15 for the Epsom Handicap. Other big winners from the weekend were the Great Artiste at $21. Spanish Reef at $10.50. Gamay and Hush Rider both at $8.50. And Sabatiano at $7.50. And don't forget he also landed the Crawford Treble. And the $2,200 Randwick Quaddy. So it was a pretty fat Saturday for members. And his other service, the Trial Spy, had another profitable week. Up 9.7 units at 30, 38% profit on turnover. And that's bumped it up to 37.8 units profit at 42% profit on turnover for the month alone. And in the past 15 months, the service is up 181 units, so pretty incredible stuff for just over the, the past year. Um, on the weekend, the main winners were Yes, Yes, Yes in the Everest at $9, and Cascadian was a nice winner in the last at Randwick at $6.70. We might swing it to Mark and get an update on the week and the weekend for the New South Wales Tips and Rating Service. Um, I was down about two two and a bit units for the week. It um, was a very frustrating week actually because we had about 15 units worth of uh, close seconds or uh, otherwise near misses uh, uh, lost on protest in a race at Kembler on Thursday, um, which was very unfortunate. Not, not, a, not a thing you ever like to have happen. And um, uh, the races were called off due to high winds two races after that race. So we didn't get a chance to get our money back on that day. Um, Santa Anna Lane just didn't quite get the right. He was always going to need a bit of luck and he didn't quite get it in the Everest. Uh, that, that was about five and a half units difference, as was the real crushing one for me was Dealmaker, who was given a perfect run by Abdullah. Uh, hit the front, looked like he was going to hold on. Um, Abdullah was riding it very strongly, but Gwyn Schofield managed to get Cascadian home in the very last stride. So that was another five and a half. So uh, add those two to the Thursday uh, upheld protest and that's, you know, the the 13-point uh, winning week turns into a two-point losing week. How about you, Ken? Yeah, uh, it was a bit of a bit of a lighter week for us. We started on Wednesday. We only had two bets, and um, they were Meltem and uh, and and they were both the right. Both were really really poorly ridden, I thought, and and they were both not really given their chance. Meltem was an interesting one. Chloe has a party, uh, didn't lead when I thought she would. She did. She didn't. 
do anything wrong. Well, once she didn't lead, that was at the end of the race because she settled midfield on the rail and just never got out for the entire length of the straight. And then Stairway to the Moon in the last, it was a weird run race where, where there was a leading group and then everything else was about 12 lengths off the mid-race back in the, you know, the peloton. And they, um, and they were out of the race and so we're not really given a chance. Thursday, we didn't have a bet and then it was on to Saturday and Saturday, we, we didn't get any winners. We had two Place, two second placings, I should say. Forceful at about $15. Uh, ran second to Cottony Crew, beating a short margin. And Akinar Star and agonisingly close second. So it wasn't our week, really. And then Sunday, just one bet for it did, didn't do anything. It wasn't our week. It wasn't a massive outlay with uh, uh, with sort of a couple of light days in there. But um, it didn't quite pan out on Saturday. But they were close. They were really close. And the two, as I say, the two on Wednesday just were just really poorly ridden and very close on Saturday. If Forceful gets up or if Akinar Star gets up, uh, it becomes a good day. But, uh, yeah, cl- close but not quite. Let's have a look back at the Caulfield meeting and we'll start with the win of Thought of That in the Labroats Classic, one of many winners identified by our Dean's Tips service for Winning Edge. Yep, yeah, Thought of That off that Donald Maiden where it ran fast time, led, and they took a bit of a break mid-race and watching it and then it kicked away and had a really strong kick and... Uh, Watching it at the time, I thought, oh, I'm not sure how to rate because um, because I'm not sure just how slow they went in the midsection and it had its had its own way in front. Uh, Warning, who was the other one of the other horses in the market who won really well at Flemington, uh, was well back in the field and then the rider took off mid race, oh not mid race, about the 700, took off about the 700 and um and came out wide and then sort of changed his mind and and, it's, and then just sort of stayed there, stayed out there on a limb for the turn and then and then tried to run uh, thought of that home who by that time kicked away. And, I, and so, yeah, I was interested to see. I went, they've run really fast time. They've run really fast sectional. They ran, uh, they, 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 they rated really well. I thought of that's rated 112 on our scale. Warning's gone 104 and a half unsuited. He did 106 at Flemington the start before. Um, they're the two odd, obviously, you've you thought of that. Everybody's following it out of that. But I mean, 112 wins the derby pretty much every year. Um, so it's now just a matter of if you can do that 112 again with the extra trip at Flemington and there might be a bit of the might and powers about him where now that he goes to that derby, they'll take him on in front, that kind of thing, where, where when might and power won that Corporate Cup in uh, 96, they uh, then, you know, attacked him in the Melbourne Cup. That might happen at the derby, don't know. But he, um, but if he can do 112, he's, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to win. Warning, uh, looks like it'll be much better suited back to Flemington and up to the 2,500. They're the two out of the race. The only two I want to be interested in, really, out of the race. Um and it, it makes for a really fascinating contest. It's, it's going to be a lot closer than the margin was on Saturday between the two of them uh, when they meet again in the derby. The warning is a much better run than the margin suggests. It just wasn't running super. It, but I uh, thought of that. He's a very good horse. And, and just, sorry, just going to say, Spiral, he's by so you think um, yeah. he's taken a bit of time to uh, mature and get, get him out over a bit of ground now and he's just spiraling upwards. So, yeah, if he does 112... He should win the derby. Uh, and just to give you an idea, I think uh, Shadow Hero, the um, who was the derby favourite before Saturday, um, uh, rated about 107 in the spring champion. So yeah. he's a full performance level ahead of that at this stage. Shadow Hero does have the upside, of course, but um, he's going to need to produce it to um, uh, to beat the other one. What I'd be saying about warning as well is that warning will go more than 105 for sure in the derby. Um, I think the extra trip will suit him down on the ground. Flemington is a much better track for him than Caulfield turned out to be. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it looks like a really good contest. I think you've got two really good horses there. And in the Alingi Stakes, we had Hummer Hummer victorious overcoming a wide gate. 
Yeah, Hammer Hammer went. Um, we'll be brief on the Olingi. Hammer Hammer uh, went really well. First up and went really well again. It's gone to a new top. It, it, it's not a new level, but just a, just a little bit better than what the previous best was. He rated 110. And then we had the Archie Alexander trained Gamay, who dug in strongly late to take out the Ethereal. And that was another one of uh, Dean's tips at good odds. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was a fighting win. Uh, we had a bit of a duel down the straight. But uh, the story at this race for me is that they have gone one and a half seconds slower than the boys race. And don't doubt that. Now, that's you know not too big an indictment given that they went so well. But at the same time, they have gone half a second slower from the turn. So basically, they've gone one second slower to the home turn in the race and then gone a further half second slower from the 400 to the, to, to the winning post. So they've been... If those fillies had been in the race with the males at the pace they were, they would have just gotten further and further behind as the race went on. So for me, the race rates poorly. Um, the winner rates only uh, 101, which is 11 points lower than what I uh, thought of that rated, which is five and a half points. So it's not the same quality by a mile and I'd be looking elsewhere for the Oaks winner. I think Vegas Jewel is one of the favourites for the Oaks. How do you, how do you rate her? Vegas Jewel, yeah, well, they fought it out. So it's rated the same. Uh, you know, they've rated 100 to 101 just with roundings. Uh, I guess, you know, she might, she's got upside, uh, but she needs to. I, I, I still think that if you want to win the Oaks, they should have finished the race off better from the 400 than they did. I'd be, I, I'll be looking to other races to find to find the, the Oaks form for me. And then we had Miss Leonidas taking out the Crawford sprint. Yep, uh, led and once she got her own way in front, which looked like she would, she was going to be hard to beat. She's done 110, which is about her mark, 110, 111 is her top. And, uh, they, didn't go, they didn't go super quick in that. It kind of looked like they were going quick because she led by about two lengths, but they didn't actually go quick. They went below uh, the standard for that grade of race at Crawford over a thousand. And, once she did that, she was going to be hard to run down. And, yeah, it, it proved to be the case. Got a thunder sort of loomed, but just sort of got to its top. Malibu style went 110 as well. So they both got 110. But Malibu style had to give it, um, had to give, give Mr. Leonidas a kilo, kilo and a half. And so that was why he just couldn't quite run it down. He just ran out of ran out of ratings. And that's the story of the race. That's, the, that's all that really needs to be said about it. And what did you make of the win of Streets of Avalon in the Moongar? Yeah, went to his best again of 111. Um, he was a, he was a fighting win as well. He's in form and fit, and so he did 111. He got the right run. Did 111 was enough to win. Um, Royal meeting was interesting. He did 110. So this is overseas horse. has got good figures. Did 110 first start in Australia. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes going ahead. Uh, variation, who looked a reasonable value bet and loomed, just didn't quite finish off 108. But uh, yeah, it was about the fit streets of Avalon who was able to just fight him off with with that extra fitness. I think. And the big race of the day, the Corfu Cup. I know in your preview you had uh, Constantina Pole and we got a luckless story there. I know uh, Dean had Murder Glace. How'd you rate the winner there? The winner rated uh, 117. It was a hard one to rate, actually, because they didn't actually run great time and they didn't run great sectionals. And so when you don't run great time or great sectionals, you shouldn't really rate great. But... Uh, but it was a different kind of story. It was a bit of a messy race, and they they sort of all they sort of all ran wide on the home turn, um, uh, which by that time of the day they were all starting to get a bit wide. They were getting away from the rail a bit, and so if the ground was chopping out, or if it was in their imaginations, I don't know. But assuming the ground was chopping out, they therefore 
have got to get wider, which is why they're starting to run slower times and slower sectionals. Uh, <clears throat> so you have got to adjust for that as best you can. Um, it knocked half the field over, or knocked a few of them over anyway, on the way through, and Damien Lane copped a suspension for it. Uh, it won well, rate 117. I thought Constantinople was an enormous run. It missed a run at a really vital time as, as the winner went around. Uh, if it had the winner's run, I think it would have been a really close finish. I think Constantinople is well worth following so long as it's... It's a bit of a head case of a horse, apparently, so long as it's, you know, all, all well. I think it'll, it found the line really, really well. So Vow and Declare found the line really solidly. And he is was never a Caulfield kind of horse. He's a big track, like he proved at Eagle Farm. He's a big track, 3,000, 3,200-metre horse. He's going to be so much better at Flemington over the 3,200 metres uh, if, he, if he ends up there. Uh, and he ran 113. So he, he finished really well. He had good final sectionals as well. He's well worth following in the race. The winner went well. And the winner could well improve because by all reports, it hadn't really sort of settled well in, in, in Australia. It had missed its food a bit and that kind of been off its food a bit and that kind of thing. So I wouldn't pot the winner, but I think there was quite a, a few hard luck stories. A bit of, there was a bit of Torfin's melody about that about that <laughs> final 300 metres. Um, Constantinople was a much better run than a lot of people are realising, but video watchers will realise how good a run it was. Uh, Finch was a really good run who was posted the entire race and just still kept going. Rate 113. It was more like 116 at least. Uh, he'll love Flemington and 3200 as well. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. Oh, there's another one. Mr. Quickie was a really good hidden run. He missed the start uh, and then and then he, just, he was just out of his ground. He ended up just shuffled back to last. Even the 250 was still back near last. Made a lot of ground late and um, was really good through the line. He, he's he's I, I, I think he'll improve a lot next start as well. So what does this mean for Lee Grashu, the favourite for the Cox Plate, the other Japanese horse? Yeah, well, I mean, Damien Lane's, well, he hasn't brought them both over, but he was the guy who basically recruited them to come over and he got that right with, with Murder Glaze. So, yeah, it's you've got to take the line on that. It, it's hard to line these Japanese horses up. Um, Mark and I use uh, use Timeform to convert all the UK runners, sorry, European runners, into our uh, our rating scale, but um, it's hard to get good ratings on the Japanese stuff. But uh, we've, we're getting some now, and so I think we're starting to line them up a bit better. And I think uh, thanks to seeing what Murder Glaze did, we'll got a bit of a line on them now. So we'll we'll should be able to line up the other one as well. And then we had Savatiano on the speed and winning the Tristark, and that was another one found by Dean for his members at good odds. Yeah, 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 and it got back to its figures that it did uh, earlier in the year in Brisbane uh, when it was winning up there. And yeah, it, it, as you said, it was on speed, right, right spot, and well, well ridden, won well. Angelic Ruler went okay. The race went about to what you'd expect it to go for a Group Two mares race. So, how did you assess the way the track played on Saturday at Caulfield? Yeah, um, I don't. I, I, I'm okay with how it played. I, I don't mind it chopping out if it chops out. I'd much rather uh, a track chops out near the rail a bit and they have to get wider than the rail is where you've got to get to. Um, if, the, if you're going to have a bias, you don't want a rail bias because not every horse can get to the rail, only a few can. And, and you want to be on the rail on pace, obviously, not on the rail last. So that I don't mind how it played. It, it's up to the riders to then circle. The, the, the other bad bias is if you've got to get to the outside rail because then it's a race to the outside rail. So what you want, if it's not going to play completely truly because there's a little bit of rain around or whatever, is for them to have to get out to the middle like that, like they did. So I, I, was, I was fine with how it played. We now turn our attention to Sydney for Everest Day at Randwick. 
Star three-year-old Colt. Yes, yes, yes. Well, he was simply breathtaking, taking out the feature. What did you make of the day, Mark? It's a good day's racing. Um, uh, some people were suggesting early on it might, might be leaderish again. I think it was an advantage to be on pace and near the fence, but it certainly was nothing like dynamite. The pride came from near enough to last. And yes, 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 came from back in the field. Um, but it, it was certainly an advantage. Um, at Randwick, it's usually due to the wind. If you get any sort of northerly or northeasterly, uh, it's hard to lead. Um, and it seems like anything from the south or the west uh, on pace is a plus. We'll kick off the analysis of the day's key races with the Reginald Allen, won by Akari. But there was an eye-catcher from Betcha Flying. Sure was. Betcha Flying was a very good run. Um, personally, I, I thought Special Snap was a very good bet in this, and I was also happy to be on uh, Matty Rocks, who I had pegged as a, a good dry track. And Matty Rocks was three wide. The trip uh, did nothing, and I think she's probably at the end of her preparation anyway. But on Special Snap... Um, the reason I thought she was uh, a really nice bet was that on the map, she looked to get control um, and she'd sat three wide on pace at Warwick Farm first up and only been beaten in a photo. And I really thought this was their chance to make amends for that with an easy lead, but it didn't pan out that way at all because uh, James McDonald kicks still single up. Uh, the horse half took hold of him and um, uh, it ended up going to the front. Um, Clark had to hand up on special snap and it really did bring both of them undone in the end. The, the overall pace wasn't dynamite, but... Uh, special snap didn't get the easy time I thought it was, and it, it weakened and still simple in last. It, look, the rate, it's not, these aren't top class fillies by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Akari's had a, 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 you know, coming off a Thursday maiden win up to, a, a, you know, alleged listed race, you know, it's another good run for the, the breeders getting their black type uh, and, and race of this body, but um, you know, she's done a good job. Betcha Flying was a very good run. Um, it's, it was unsuited at Canterbury first up. It's made up good ground here again. I think um, get her out to a mile now, uh, and I'm sure there's a race for it. And we then had Handle the Truth upsetting Victorum in the Kosciuszko. Yes. Um, good little lesson for anyone who likes to do the form in Sydney is uh, just the jockey change of anyone to Nashville Willa can get a horse to do things it hasn't done before. Uh, Handle the Truth was definitely one of the chances in the race. It was in the market. It was $7. It was hardly, you know, a, a blowout result or anything. But uh, on our figures, his previous best was 106 when he walked in on a wet track back in the winter. And he's actually gone virtually to a new level at 110. And I, I wholly and solely put that down to the, being Nash first time on him. He's just a bit like Darren Biedman, uh, you know, 15 years ago in, in, in Sydney. He just gets, gets horses to go, you know, gets them to go to their absolute, absolute best. And he's done it with this one. On our figures, Victorum's done 109, which is a point off his best, and he's been beaten a length. So they've been very... I mean, he's got a bit of a heartbreaking racing style because he, he does tend to get back. Um, Tommy Barry wrote did not a thing wrong on him on Saturday. It was a, a very good ride. But um, uh, the horse has gone about as well as it can. And um, unfortunately for the uh, connections, um, Nash has got the other one to go, and they've been knocked off by a length. All the first for a lot across the line went well. Um, Bobbing, he's a really good horse, Bobbing. Really, a really good provincial country horse. Uh, won the provincial championship in uh, during the championships. And he's come back, uh, obviously, set for this big race and gone to his absolute best and run third. And uh, Noble Boy, who won the country championship in the autumn and then campaigned well in Brisbane, has pretty well gone to his best as well. So, you know, for a field of uh, you know, so-called country horses, the race has gone really well. We then had Brutal sent out as a short price favourite in the Everest Constellation, the Sydney Stakes. 
but he was just nabbed by Deprive and then uh, Champagne Cut was not far away either. Yeah, this would have been one in my uh, corporate bookmaking days, well, back when we actually used to take opinions in the corporate bookmaking world, but it would have been laying brutal because he was a very short price, as you mentioned, and uh, the key factor for me was that um, the grand final day for him is the Golden Eagle in two weeks. So, you know, this was a big race and there was a lot of prize money there, but the, the uh, Golden Eagle's worth 15 times as much prize money, so that, that's clearly going to be the race they're, they're geared towards. So there was no desperate need for him to win on, on Saturday, and he was a very short price. Uh, I left the race alone. Um, Deprive uh, was one of those horses I mentioned before who got back. He was always travelling well, uh, got to the outside and got up in a bit of a blanket finish. Um, rated to his best, um, but for a group class weight for age race worth half a million dollars there, they're sort of BC graders. Um, I think last year, um, I think Pirata won this race last year, but it didn't make the Everest field and uh, I ran mm -hmm. faster time than the Everest. That uh, certainly yeah. wasn't the case on this occasion. And this set the scene for the big one with Yes, Yes, Yes taking out the Everest with a brilliant turn of foot. It certainly was. I'm a bit annoyed at myself for missing him too. He ticked a few boxes the way... Uh, for the way I like to do the form, he was Blinker's first time. The three-year-old against the older horses this time of year getting a significant weight pull at weight for age. Um, and he clearly, in both his runs this time, in had demonstrated he'd come back a better horse. So mm. there are a lot of things to like about him. I got a little bit spooked by the map. I wasn't sure if um, I thought he might be in the three-wide line. I wasn't sure if that was the place to be. As it, it, it panned out perfectly. They rode, they rode him pretty cold. Um, uh, it was a very good ride by Bossy. Um, and the other thing he managed to achieve was to just at the critical time at about the 300 metre mark, uh, keep Santa and Elaine pocketed inside him while he was trying to manoeuvre to the outside. And he just got held up for 50, 100 metres, which probably was the difference between winning and losing for him. Or he would have gone extremely close anyway if he hadn't been held up. But as I mentioned uh, earlier, he had drawn inside, which wasn't ideal for him. He was always going to need that little bit of luck getting through and he, he didn't get it and he, he just fell short. He still ran very well. Um, Trekking has gone to his absolute best running third. Uh, the, the late qualifier out of the Stalachi Stakes last week certainly justified his um, uh, place in the field and got a, got a nice paycheck for his struggling connections over there in the Middle East. So that's <laughs> a heartwarming story for them. Um, and the other, the other one I want to mention, I mean, there's, there were a few good runs in the race, but um, quite classic legend never got out. He'll, he'll probably be pressing onto the Golden Eagle now. Um, but Nature Stripper, I honestly thought was just going to be the, the bunny for this field and, you know, carved up and run last. He fought really well and um, held on for fourth. A, a very brave effort considering how fast they went. They broke the track record. So mm. uh, a terrific race. Um, it's been a bit of a divisive concept in some quarters since its inception, but uh, I think it's just getting better and better every year. And, um, yeah, really good addition this year. I, re I really like this year's edition uh, because it was a really even really even field i thought as well everybody thought that and it was um but also uh obviously we didn't get a wet track this year and it turned out to it turned out to be to not be about a wet track or any bias or thing like that it, it, it turned out to be a really great race and yes 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 he's a good horse on the up rating well and was running fast finals leading up to it santa and elaine did 117 i think mark and yeah. um and uh with the best of 121 and and so santa and elaine can do 121 but like Chautauqua and these other horses like that, he obviously just needs the right, everything to go right for him to pull out that figure. 
Um, and as you said, you know, he, he, drawing inside, he's going to need luck. He's not going to. He, he would have. He would have needed the the, the heaven. Uh, the, sorry, the seas to part for him to pull out 121 in the race, wouldn't he? But yeah, well, he, yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to go that high to win it. But yes, no, he would of have course. Made it, uh, um, yeah, and it, it looked for. I thought for a half Australia, he was going to just slice through the field. But um, yeah, Aussie was a wake up to him, and uh, uh, I mean, he, but not, he, not illegally, but did shut the door on him. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's done 117. Um, without sixteen actually, so it's done actually sixteen. Okay, first, so yeah. level he's done that without sort of getting you know a great deal of things to go for him. It, no, he's, that's right. He's, he's turned into a really serious racehorse from especially where he was say eighteen months ago. Well, he's a, you know not many have won the Wagatown Plate and you know multiple <laughs> multiple Group One weight for age races. You know, it's, a, it's <laughs> yeah, an amazing yeah. uh, ascent, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, and yes, yes, yes is uh, obviously a very valuable horse now. It sure is uh, in the. Yeah, think of a number, you know, in the tens of millions. Um, Coolmore already own half of him and they'll be um, they'll be forced to pay through the nose for the other half when the time comes. So what so what happens with this race now as far as this argument about group status and that kind of thing? Uh, oh, well, it's, uh, I, I, well, firstly, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> the group status of races is of no interest to me whatsoever. But, no, um, but, 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 but breeders, have, breeders argument, have some interest. Okay, right. Well, it's a group one race. I mean, it's, it's mm. just ridiculous. That's the strongest sprint field you'll see. Uh, this year in Australia, so um, mm. yeah, this this that you know, I mean, forget about the prize money. I mean, the, the prize money is ridiculous, and the, the, the slot holder concept just skews everything. But yeah. you know, this the TJ Smith and the the Darley are the you know yeah. the, the jewels of the weight for age sprint races, and it, and you know it, they get similar fields to those two races, similar yeah. or better fields. So it, it really is a good one race in everything but name. Yeah, fair enough. So how does Yes, Yes, Yes line up now with Bivouac, given that he was beaten by Bivouac um, by the barest of margins in the Golden Rose? Well, it did by about a head. Uh, so obviously they've got very similar numbers on, on that meeting. Um, Bivouac, uh, that day, um, grand final, uh, what was it? Um, grand final. Gold, what was it? I was at the grand final. <laughs> but, yeah. but it was, um, it, it was up the inside. <laughs> it wasn't um, up the inside bias that day, and Bivouac was close to the rail, so I did not not much between them on that run, and nothing between them on figures. They're both great colts. So Bivouac, I think, is running in the Manicato on Friday night, isn't he? Which is yeah, yeah, is going to be very. I mean, you know, some of these uh, some of these connections who ducked the Everest, thinking they might go for the softer option in the Manicato, are going to be in for a bit of a shock because if yes, yes, yes was run so well on the Everest then um, I, I, that, that's an interesting aside that James Cummings was actually kicking up for um, for uh, Bivouac to get the Godolphin slot rather than Alizé mm. and with the SESS winning it he, uh, he's got a you know he had a pretty yeah. strong case yeah that could have been a, a few uh, tense moments in the camp after <laughs> after that result but um, pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty good race pretty good race back there on Dustin Martin Day was, uh... Uh, yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about Arcadia Queen? There's a lot of market oh, yep. confidence and stable confidence around her. Okay, I didn't like her because, um, well, firstly, her figures, she, she had no advantage on figures over the other right. ones in the market, like Santa Ana Lane and Pirata and all those other horses. Um, and also, her best, the best run in her career, I know she's been prepared differently this time, and this was a target race for her, but her best run in her career has, was at 1,800 metres in the Kingston yep. town last um, summer. So even with a different preparation and a different trainer, it's a big ask to think you're going to 
if, you, if your best mark's been at 1,800, then you're going to be able to take on the best in the land at 1,200 and beat them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of hype on Arcadia Queen, and she's and rightly in that that 1800 meter win in the Kingston Town was enormous. She got 110 to start before, and then she did 116 there, and then obviously she's not coming to Melbourne because she can't uh, get on the uh, the the pills. But um, but she but but she 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 hadn't repeated her runs still in Sydney. Those ratings in Sydney anyway, and um, even with that that win was enormous. Uh, her first run over there, but. Yeah, back to twelve hundred meters. It was there, there was a lot of things against her. I thought as well. I, I, I didn't really think that was her race. The, the first up win was good. It wasn't mind blowing. It looked impressive, but she was mm. you know beating horses like Trope and Gemsong, and Trope was totally unsuited. And she did Trope go. She did, been, sorry, she did go. A, she she did go a level off her best. She went one hundred. She, she went a level off her best, and that was a inside bias uh, rails bias at Rose Hill that day too. And she was obviously oh, yeah. perfect spot and just. Uh, slung shot through at the turn and put them away. Yeah. Trope was run second. It was totally unsuited. Trope wouldn't have been, Trope would have been 25 to 1 in the mm. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think the market just went a bit, went a bit mad on it. Yeah. And before we move on from the Everest, uh, well done to the subscribers to Trial Spire who got the $51 about Yes, Yes, Yes. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a, an amazing uh, selection. Yes. Mm. Very well done. Um, and on to Happy Clapper taking out the Craven Plate. He was pretty brave. Yes, yeah, yeah, straight ride, brave run. Uh, not particularly high rating um, compared to the Happy Clapper of old when he was being Doncaster and that Epsom and that kind of thing. But he's at age nine, he's still fit well, racing well. Uh, he'd never won at 2000, actually, which is interesting. Um, uh, he'd run some good races at 2000, but he'd yet to win at 2000, so he ticked that box. Uh, very strange race because I think everyone thought Samadamp would lead and, if not it, uh, Stampede, and neither of them wanted it. Uh, Samadamp in particular was ridden very conservatively, got back at that fifth, uh, which is a real turn-up. Um, uh, Stampede dropping back from the 2400 wasn't mad, turned the lead, so Tommy was out three wide and thought, well, if no one else wants it, I'll take it up and got the money. But yeah, uh, great ride and brave win, uh, although, as I said, not, not mind-blowingly high rating or anything like that. And on to the St. Ledger, we had Hush Rider taking out the race, and that was another winner for Dean's tips at big odds, almost uh, double figures. Yeah, another good ride. Uh, the key to this horse is uh, Japanese import. The key to him, oh, he, sorry, he raced in Europe, but he's Japanese bred. <coughs> and like a lot of them, the key is uh, bone dry track, which he got on Saturday, and he was right back to his best. Um, very well rated in front by Tim Clark. Uh, uh, most of the a lot of the horses in this field are backing up out of the Metropolitan, which might have been their grand final, and a few of them have come off. Hushrider ran in the Metrop as well, but was a uh, ran eighth. But he um, he obviously had uh, one more bullet left in the chamber when he got back on the dry, and uh, yeah, he did very well. And then we had the Star Mile, and I, I sound like a broken record here, but Cascadian was another one for Dean with his trial spy service. Um, it's a race I don't want to watch again after dropping off Cascadian from the Epsom. And it wasn't a nice photo for you either, Mark. Yeah, um, Cascadian um, ran very well in the Epsom, I thought. Um, not really suited. Obviously, dropping back to uh, just a run of the mill open handicap. Well, place did have a lot. It was, had a lot of weight. Um, uh, and he was giving weight to some decent horses, like, such as Dealmaker. But he's been able to... Well, put it this way. We, um, Cam and I have this figure market perception rating we, we use as well, uh, uh, derived from the 
Horses SP and parts of its uh, opposition. And Cascadian's actually gone to the rating of 110, which the market suggested it was going to be in its first two runs in this country off its overseas form. So Dealmaker hasn't done anything wrong. He's rated well, perfectly ridden by Abdullah. Um, did everything right except uh, stick his nose out on the line. And um, Junipel uh, got a fair way back from his barrier. Um, if it, and I wouldn't be dropping off him if he uh, draws better next time. And Cam, let's have a look at WA Racing from Ascot on Saturday. What were the highlights? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ascot um, was it was not a bad meeting. There's a couple of, couple of uh, there's a listed race and a group race. Uh, the main race is really was uh, say so Cockney Crew was uh, a really good run of the Derby uh, earlier in the year. Has been racing well and he managed to win after setting a solid pace. He held out our bet Forceful, who was about fifteen to one, unfortunately, and it was a bit of a gap for third. He's he's gone to about his mark, which is around about one oh seven. Um, Talk about that. I'll just talk about the two the listed in the group race, which was the Crawford Stakes race seven, won by Fabergino. This was a really interesting race because Fabergino was resuming from a spell, and, and there was there was uh, a sort of a battle between it and between uh, the stage man who was uh, a horse has been informed really solid firm recently, and another mayor resuming called Flirtini, and. Flutini went okay. They ran a trifecta to three of them. Fabergino went pretty well. And Fabergino's topped 110, but it's only gone, she's only gone 106 first up. So she's got improvement, probably. Um, it means that Stage Man's held its recent 107, 108 figures uh, and just didn't quite get the job done. Uh, Flutini, 106 off a good trial. Uh, I think I think we can follow uh, Flutini and uh, uh, not so much Stage Man, but Fabergino and Flutini out of the race going ahead. Stage means really at its top there now with those ratings. But the race that went the best was the Northerly Stakes Race 8, where I uh, was on the second horse, pick my nose. So this race has gone quite well. Uh, the Velvet King has ran well. They've run a good time. They've run pretty good sectionals as well. So the Velvet King hit the front and just managed to held out uh, Akinar Star, who was our bet in the race. And they've both gone 111, essentially, uh, with about a half head between them with great shot, there's a really solid horse running third. The race is rated high, 111s, 111, 112 for those first three places, 109 for the fourth horse. So anything out of that race that you thought ran well, you should follow because they've they've gone well. This is another of those Perth races where people look at it and think, uh, you know, it was just a group three race in Perth. But as Mark well knows, if you can rate 111, 112, you're in a lot of races in Victoria and New South Wales as well. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll be looking for Akinar Star to go better than 111. It closed it out really strongly. We didn't get the cash on on the weekend, but hopefully we do at the next start or two because it, it closed out well going 111. And I think it's got 112 plus. In it. That's the main thing. That northerly stakes is, is where the form should come from uh, for, from that meeting. Thanks for your time, guys. Uh, big weekend with Cox Plate weekend coming up. Uh, no worries at all, Brad. Thanks a lot for that. And uh, thanks a lot, Cam. Yep, no worries. Thanks, guys. It's, uh, it's been good. Too easy. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. At Winning Edge Investments, we have a team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters who review the data, crunch the figures, and assess the best betting opportunities, which are then delivered straight to your phone or inbox in real time so that you profit.